welcome again to Worldview Matters. This is Ross with my co-host, Bob. Bob, glad to be with you again. A lot of things going on in this world, and we're going to talk about some pretty key issues today relative to that. We are, Ross, and it's always great to be with you. It just seems like that every time we get together, there's something else going on out there that is related to Worldview. Of course, you and I believe that everything is related to Worldview, so there you have it. Well, it is. It's uh, really worldviews the way you look at everything, and that's the this is the lens through which you look at the world. You know, you and I have talked a number of times since our last show about where we are with this show, and we want to be as uh, to use the term pedestrian. We want to be right in line with what's happening in the world today, because the way we look at what's happening in the world today and way we as believers and you and I are Christians, the way we react, the way that we act actively in this world really comes from what we believe. And we see so many things changing and so many things. There's a polarization, so to speak, that takes place in the way that people act. And we want to to simplify what we talk about so we're focused directly on the things that hit our listeners and hit our lives right square between the eyes every day. And, and you so, and I, right. And, you know, you and I have talked often that one of the things that really constitutes uh, someone's worldview is not just what they believe intellectually. It's how they live that worldview out in their everyday life. Uh, what are the core commitments? What are the what are the lifestyle implications of a particular worldview? And you and I have talked before, whether we like, uh, whether we agree with Islam or not, the, 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 the young men who blow themselves up with, uh, as human bombs or, draw, or fly airplanes into, into the Twin Towers, you, you, may, you may disagree with their worldview. You may even think that they're insane, but you can't accuse them of being hypocrites because they certainly did believe in their worldview enough to take their own lives, which is part of what that worldview teaches. And yet, so many times, Christians who say that they believe that Jesus is Lord don't live out their lives every day as if Jesus is Lord. That's been some of the things we've been talking about on our last few shows. And I'm sure that we're in a position where occasionally we sort of fall off the wagon in the way that we act or react. And my wife is constantly telling me, be careful, be careful how you act here. As a matter of fact, I did sort of get upset over the weekend at, at someone, I was trying to rent a car. I hit a deer last week. And so I had to rent a car and it seems like that the, it was very frustrating trying to go through that. And she cautioned me, be careful now. Number one, don't let this affect you. And further, don't let it affect your witness in the way you conduct yourself in this world. And I had to step back and say, I got to be careful. No doubt about that. Absolutely. Well, well you know, it's a, it's, an, it's a repeated saying among uh, some of the older generation. Of course, I realize that's me and you now. Right. My, my grandmother used to say, you know, Bobby, you're the only Bible some people will ever read. And there's something about that, that, you know, the way we live out our Christian worldview either uh, credits the name of Christ or it discredits the name of Christ. And, you know, our last few shows have been talking about what happens when Christians act like jerks. And many times we do, don't we? 
Well, no doubt about that. And there's certainly something in the news that has been around for a month or so about someone who professes to be a Christian who acted in a way that that was detrimental to the Christian faith, and it's gone viral. But just to back up a second, one of the things that I think we want to do going forward is to be very clear and very very focused about this worldview issue. We've talked about eight ways to evaluate a worldview. We want to come down and, and look at four basic things that every person asks themselves either actively or passively. Number one, where did I come from? Number two, where am I going when I die? But in between, what is the purpose for my life or do I have a purpose in my life? And are there some sort of guidelines by which I need to live my life? And from where did they come? Those are the four things we want to focus on. And to take that to something that's happened in in the world just recently, there was a pastor of a church, a female pastor of a church in the in the Cincinnati area, who went into Applebee's, had a meal. Evidently, there were more than either four or eight, I'm not exactly sure, who were in this group. And therefore, they added 18% tip to her bill. So she took a pencil and marked through the bill and said, I only give God 10%. Why should I give you 18%? Well, you can argue with the concept or you can say she's right on, but the real issue is that the person who received that, the, the young lady who, who it was said waited on that table, took that bill, put it on the web, and it went viral. Now, we can look at this thing in two ways. Number one, what actually did happen. But number two, what's the message that went out to the world? And we wanted to evaluate and sort of dig into that and talk about that today. Right, Bob? Yeah, and boy, you know, you you hear about things like this from time to time in one sector or another. But this particular incident you're talking about, you're talking about, seem to be so salient that it indeed it's it's all over the web right now and, and there are people logging in on both sides of this you know but it seems like that people who don't know Christ are looking at this as just yet another evidence of how Christians sometimes behave badly and uh wow it's a it's troubling isn't it yeah and I- if you do a little bit of research, you see that this lady has been on a number of interviews and she wants to uh, refute some of what of that. But she did say, I did wrong. I should not have done that. But it's it's kind of hard to take all that back because it's gotten so much notoriety. And as a matter of fact, one of the waitresses at that Applebee's restaurant was fired by the Applebee's organization, and there's probably going to be lawsuits maybe on both sides of this because she says she was improperly uh, fired. And is I do believe that she was not the lady who was offended but was a cohort of the waitress who actually waited on these people. So, you know, it's a little bit murky there, but the, here's the real issue. The issue is this lady, this pastor, was a representative of the Christian faith and said she was and did something that was taken by someone else 
maybe it was different from what she intended, but it, at least it has raised the specter of this problem of Christians behaving badly in the minds of other people who are looking at us and saying, well, wait a minute, if, if this is the Christian faith, I don't want to have any part of that. And to some degree, you can understand when you look at these kinds of situations. Well, and I think behind this issue, Ross, or you know, some of the things you and I have talked about in the past on past shows, that what does it mean to be a Christian? What are the core commitments? What are the guidelines, as you would say, that uh, you know give us sort of walking papers for this particular worldview? And of course, you know, as a as a student of the Scripture, at some point you're going to end up back at the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, that was. Jesus's de- declaration of what it meant to be a citizen in his kingdom. And of course, some of the things that he said there seem to fly in the face of what's happened in this incident. I mean, Jesus said, if, if somebody compels you to go one mile, go two miles with them. If somebody asks you for your coat, give them your cloak also. So there's a, if, if somebody insults you, turn the other cheek to them. And so instead of being people in the world who are always demanding our rights, we should be people in the world that are always giving up our rights. And yet you don't really see that lifestyle evidenced a lot among church people in our culture, do you? No, you don't. And I've talked to a number of people who are members of wait staffs at various restaurants, and it's it's sad to say, but they say that in many cases, there are three groups of people that they don't like to see coming. Number one are young people because either they don't have money or they, who knows why, but they don't tip very well. Very old people don't tip very well. And Christians or wow. church people. And that's the sad thing. I believe, I believe we should be incredibly careful. Because people do know us, they, uh, they will identify us with the Christian faith. And therefore, when we tipping, I mean, that's, that's one thing. It, we need to be very careful how we do that. 15, 18, 20 percent, whatever you, you feel, we need, that needs to be consistent with the message we're trying to leave with the way we live and the way we talk with the people that wait on us. And because it's, it's very obvious. And if they see a dichotomy between any of these things, how we act, what we say, and what we do, how we treat them. Um, it's, it's, it's really a pew that when we go in to sit down at a restaurant, that should be considered as a pew because we have a platform at that point to communicate something with that individual, and she will go back or he will go back and talk about us to the other people in the wait staff and the cooks and what have you. And, and so we're leaving a message for four or five people, at least every time we go into a restaurant. And the unfortunate thing about this particular reference and this particular incident, and by the way, I was a waiter in college. I earned part of my spending money by, by waiting tables. And I can, agree, I can tell you and testify that being a waiter or waitress is an incredibly challenging job. It's one of the most difficult jobs in the culture. Uh, there's the pay isn't great. Most of the pay has to come from tips. And so there's constant stress on these people. Their hours are sometimes not real great hours. Uh, and you're exactly right. Sometimes the people that 
uh, that should be the most polite and the most accommodating are the biggest headaches when you're trying to wait on them. But, you know, let's be honest. I've also heard, heard other stories about believers who go into restaurants and who are very kind, very accommodating, uh, who go out of their way to be gracious. And so it's not just one or the other. But unfortunately, what you often hear about are all these uh, these embarrassing stories, these stories where, you know, believers don't act like Christ. And it really is it really is troubling when you hear about these things. Right. There's no no doubt because you do. It's kind of the squeaky wheel. That's the one that gets uh, that gets blown up. If you look at the newspaper, that's what sells newspapers are the the gory stories. You don't hear you hear very little about someone who's gone out of their way to do something good. You're exactly right. And uh, we're talking about that. But, you know, we're talking to people to say, how do you make sure that on a daily basis, we, you and I and everyone else understands that we have a platform and the the world that we're engaging every day is looking at us and asking certain questions. If I want to know where I came from and where I'm going and what rules I should live by, and if there's a purpose in my life, uh, do I want to talk to you about that because you have shown me something different from what I see in everybody else? That's our question. Well, you know, Ross, just a couple of thoughts come up as we talk about this. One for me is, how would you like it? How would I like it if some of the things that we've done in our lives that we're, we're not really proud of, maybe some of the decisions that we've made or some of the some of the thoughts that we've had, if suddenly those things were put out in a public forum and, you know, we our mistakes were basically, you know, paraded before the world. Wow, there are some things I've done in the last 24 hours, and I sure am glad there wasn't someone there with a camera following me around, because it it is embarrassing, some of the things that I've done. I mean, you know, we, many times we've, we've been driving in traffic and looked across at the person in the car be, beside us as we've been stuck in a traffic jam and saw them picking their nose or singing out loud or something, and we all chuckle and go, that sure is silly, and then we realize we've done the very same things. They're are these embarrassing moments. So, boy, none of us are perfect. None of us, you know, all the time do things that are, you know, we're always particularly proud of. So, you know, I think we all need to give grace to each other when we think about these things happening because this could have happened to any one of us. And certainly we live in a culture where cell phones and cameras are everywhere and sound bites are everywhere. What an amazingly uncomfortable culture to be living in. But, you know, aside from that, aside from the very public nature of life now, you know, what what really are the the inconsistencies? And this gets back to what you and I have been talking about all along, about why we think worldview really matters, because you and I both believe, and we think that the a biblical worldview is a very elegant, wonderful worldview. It answers the questions of life. Where have I come from? Where am I going? What is my purpose? What core commitments or guidelines should give my life some kind of rubric to live? Christianity provides those things in a way that is Far and above any other worldview that's out there, it provides hope and 
meaning and purpose and everything else, et cetera, et cetera. And yet Christians seem to be the people who uh, more often than not really stumble and trip over their own worldview. What's up with that? Uh, that's a, that's hard. That's hard to decide. I would say that I would say this, our general nature as a human being is to sin. And therefore, when as a believer, our, it's our nature, our, our desires are changing or being changed by Christ. But we have a tendency to gravitate back to that old nature uh, easily, I guess. And if, if someone has never departed from the old nature, then they're living according to that nature. We're trying to make a change or Christians are trying to make a change in the way that we live based on what we believe to be true. And you know, maybe you, that's the difficulty. Well, you know, you're really bringing up a great point, and I you used that you used the S word a minute ago. You used that sin word, but and sin's not something we talk about very much anymore in a, in a especially in a public forum. But you know, I have to agree with you. It seems like whether you call it sin or whether you call it the human condition or whether you call it frailty or just the hubris that's part of our lives. There does seem to be a default setting in every one of us that if we have to make a choice, we'll always choose ourselves first over other people, over God. You know, my, I had a friend one time who said, you can always tell what's in a person's heart, what's in all of our heart, because in a group photo, who do we all look for first? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so so we've got this we've got this hubris in us, this leaning that says, me first. And yet you said something a minute ago that I think is really, really telling, really maybe the, the, the core issue. And that is that we're taught as Christians to lay aside our lives, to lay aside that self-centeredness and put on Christ. And yet, you, you know, honestly, Ross, in a lot of the churches that I've been to and you've been to, the focus is not always on becoming less like your basic nature and more like Christ, but it's on, hey, make sure you show up, make sure you, you know, you dress up, make sure you, you know, you put your best foot forward, make sure you pay up. I had a friend one time that says, I'm tired of people saying, when I come to church, you know, you got to show up, you got to shut up and you got to pay up. And that seems to often be where the focus is in church. I mean, just admittedly, I mean, we have to say that it's not on how can we grow up. It's on how do we show up, pay up, and shut up. Well, the old saying in a church is you want to count nickels and noses, and that's you're exactly right. A lot of times that is true. It's or, church is almost like baseball in many in many instances, uh, and that is that uh, there's a counting. Everything is counted, and uh, that's that's a sad thing. Uh, we just, our life is what shines and whether it's, sh- it is, let's say this, our, our, our life is seen, it is projected and how we live that life is, is projected on others and they will rightly or wrongly see Christianity 
in a different way based on how we act. And the question is, how are we going to act in most situations? You know, maybe there should be a call to action from this conversation. And as I was thinking about it, what would I say to myself? And as I'm, I have grandchildren, as you do, and we're talking about how to help them establish a worldview and act according to that worldview, what would we say about, just just, just say, going into a restaurant? If you go back to when you and I were kids, well, I know we ate out maybe once or twice during an entire year, and that was a big, big deal. Now, we probably eat five to ten meals out a week, most of us do. So we come in contact with the wait staff uh, a lot. So you're at least going to come in contact with 10 to 20 people during the week. The question is, what should we do to change the way? How should we look at ourselves when we go into a restaurant? If we said, okay, I am a witness for what I believe in over the next hour and a half at least, what am I going to do to engage these people in such a way that they either think or ask me, what is it that makes you different? Tell me how what you th- believe. What is it that drives you? And, and I will ask a waitress or a waiter many times, uh, tell me about your life. Tell me about your family. What is it that's important to you? Trying to engage them to see what their worldview is so that I can have a conversation with them about my worldview. And uh, that, I think that would be a good place for us to start, maybe, as individuals. Everybody who's listening to this, try that for a week. See what it does to your interaction with the people you come in contact with. Well, Ross, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, it's getting back to the core issues of worldview. Where do I come from? Where am I going? What's my purpose? And what guidelines uh, govern my life? What choices should I make? Do I make on a day-to-day basis that really uh, affect my world and the world of the people that I come in contact with? Hey, Ross, you know, on point, I I know what a a student you are of World War II and uh, how much of of that period of history has shaped a lot of the things that matter most to you. And I really hope that uh, when your book comes out about your uncle – that a lot of our listeners will be able to grab a hold of that and read it and just see, here's a man who certainly had a Christian worldview, who paid the ultimate sacrifice for his willingness to live up to his core convictions, his guidelines. But I, I want you to know, I came upon an interesting, an interesting piece of information this past week. I was at a conference up in Tennessee, and I was, you, you know me, I like to browse through old bookstores. And while I was in the dollar section of one of these old bookstores, I came upon a book which was the teacher's guide for all the Sunday school lessons for that particular year. Hmm. You know, you and I, you and I grew up in church and we grew up with Sunday school. And right. I picked up this book and said, wow, this ought to be interesting. And I looked at the year. Ross, it was 1941. Wow. The year that we got into World War II in the United States. And so just on a whim, I I look back to the reading for that day on December the 7th, 1941. This is the International Teacher's Guide for the Sunday School Lessons for 1941, December the 7th. Can I read you a little snippet from that? Oh, that would be wonderful. Listen to this. 
It's everything we're talking about. There's, the whole chapter is about living your faith, not just talking about your faith. And it basically talks about how just church attendance is not enough, that God needs more church Christ followers, not more church goers. And there's one little sentence at the very end that says this, one thing is clear, statistics must cease to be supreme. Quality of life, you hear that? Wow. Quality of life must precede numbers as a practical goal. Interesting. Wow. 1941, Ross, the day that Pearl Harbor was was bombed, that was the Sunday school lesson. It's everything we've talked about. It's almost like the church hasn't learned anything. Christians haven't mm. learned it from in all these decades since then. But maybe it's not too late. Maybe your call to arms, your call to action a minute ago. I know our time is about up for this program, but maybe it's time that we said to one another as Christians, let's start acting like Jesus, not just talking about Jesus. That is a certainly a great message, and I've got chills as you read that because of the poignancy of that day, and also the if you look at church, church, the organized church is in a challenging situation today. Uh, whether it's because of people's worldview or the uh, the many things that draw our attention away from Christ or the inconsistencies of Christians, or it's probably a combination of all these things. But, uh, and I think as we look at our economic situation in this world and everything that's, that's going in diverse directions, we say to ourselves, what difference can we make? Right. And I would say that we can only make a difference one-on-one uh, as, we're, as we're talking today. But maybe in wrapping this up, and I think we've just got two or three minutes left for our 30-minute show today, but let's leave our listeners with this. We, we want to be right at the heart of how people are living today, the things that that you and I are facing, the things that Christians are facing, the things that non-Christians are facing and therefore looking for answers to. And so we would leave you with these four questions. Where am I going? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What What are the guidelines by which I should live my life? And is there a purpose for my life? We want to try to deal with those issues. We want to deal with them in light of everyday occurrences, what happens to us as pedestrians in this walk, uh, whether it be as a Christian or as a non-Christian? Let's talk about something that's really meaningful to people's lives and not be where the rubber meets the sky. We want to be where the rubber meets the road. Boy, Ross, I couldn't agree more. And and worldview does matter. These are important questions. These are the questions of life, and um, and there are answers. Uh, but people need to consider these things. We need to consider these things. Uh, a well-examined life is a well-lived life, and because worldview does matter. Absolutely, come back and be with us again. We're again want to be where you live and where we live, and we're going to talk about that 
Bless you for listening to us. Come back and listen to some of the other shows on Big Brains Media. Weather Brains was the first show, and James Spann does a fantastic job on that show. It's a fabulous show. Just Talking It Up, Bama Talk, Auburn Unleashed. There are a number of shows that, that deal with a lot of different issues that uh, touch the lives of people every day. Uh, so come back and listen to us. We would love to have you. Thanks again, Bob. Thank you, Ross. This has been Worldview Matters, brought to you by Big Brains Media. To leave feedback for Ross or Bob, visit us at www.bigbrainsmedia.com.